It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. In fact, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and everywhere. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today, our conversation with Billy Turner, and we already had one. We had a, a part one of that conversation, and this is part two, and it is uh, tandem content with the piece that I wrote for Acme Packing Company that is out today on a special project that Billy is working on with a, a suburban Minneapolis school district to create denim jackets for his teammates and coaching staff and and it's a fascinating story not because I wrote it but because it was fascinating without me writing it I just had to get out of the way and and let them tell the story but Billy Turner is such a unique guy and I know a lot of you got a chance to hear him um the the last interview and and if you haven't listened go back and do that uh, it certainly works just as well after this as before it if you want to go back and listen to it now it was mostly football talk and that was by design. This was a, a two-part conversation, and we focused mostly on his creativity and his love of art and fashion and uh, you know how he thinks about that passion in relationship to his football playing. And you know, he he reckons with this dissonance that comes from being a 6'6, 311-pound offensive lineman who plays this this brutalizing physical sport. And then has these passions that are much more, um, you know, esoteric. They're much more what we would what we would consider high-minded. And I, I don't know that he would accept those labels. I don't know that I would accept those labels. Uh, but it, it just it makes for a fascinating conversation. And he is such a, an engaging person to talk to, whether it's about football or or it's about things he's passionate about. So. I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation. I think Billy is is a fascinating person and personality on this team, someone that Aaron Rodgers gravitated toward right away and and you know, someone who is finding his place on this team. As I wrote about in the piece, he's really his art has helped bring together his his offensive linemen, his teammates, and now it's helping to bring together 
kids and and hopefully help them discover their passion for the arts as well, at least some of them, because sometimes all it takes is just a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of affirmation and a little bit of someone who is successful, an adult, especially someone who, you know, does not look like some the, the stereotypical artist, you know, such that such a thing is is valid and exists, to have that person say, hey, look, this is cool if you want it to be cool. That is so important as a as a matter of representation and is as a matter of affirmation. So uh, that's why I think the story is important. It's why I wanted to tell it and, and ultimately why I did tell it. But there is going to be football talk on this podcast as well. We're going to start with that, in fact, because the San Francisco 49ers handed the Green Bay Packers a golden opportunity. On Monday night, they lose to the Seattle Seahawks in overtime and not just lose, but did not look particularly impressive in that loss. And I understand you know, the score is close, and they did it without Emmanuel Sanders, who leaves in the game. They did it without George Kittle, who simply didn't play. They're they're having to play a backup center. And there are myriad reasons to make excuses for what San Francisco did and didn't do in this game. What I would say is San Francisco needed a handful of turnovers, uh, one that was just a, a bad read and throw from Russell Wilson. They needed a ridiculous uh, near-goal-line turnover where they ripped the ball out of DK Metcalf's hands to make this game as competitive as it was. It was a game that particularly in the second half, Seattle dominated. And to ultimately lose is all that matters in the standings because it puts Green Bay in position now on their bye week. San Francisco has Arizona this week, a team that played them pretty tough on Thursday night a few weeks back. And now San Francisco is having to play on a short week against a divisional opponent, a team that rushes the passer effectively. That is something that gives Jimmy Garoppolo problems. And they're going to have to play a week after that. Now, a game that is now on Sunday night. Green Bay gets flexed with San Francisco into that Sunday night spot. It was Eagles-Seahawks. It is now Packers-Niners. And it will be San Francisco's third game in 13 days. And that is including a full overtime period. Remember back uh, last year when Green Bay plays in overtime, a full overtime period against Minnesota. The next week, they played horrible against a thoroughly mediocre and aggressively mediocre Washington team. They just played horrible. And part of the reason was that week two game, it was hot in Green Bay that day. They played extra football. And they were gassed. I mean, you could tell focus was waning. And they just, they played lethargic. They played sluggish. They, they played poorly. And so, you know, it's, it's mental as much as it is physical. And so maybe getting Emmanuel Sanders back if they can, maybe getting George Kittle back if they can, improves their play, buoys their, their chances to win this week and next week. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. We don't even know if these guys are going to be back. What we saw was a Seahawks team lose its best receiver, Tyler Lockett, and still successfully move the ball on San Francisco. They still successfully ran the ball on San Francisco, and they pressured the hell out of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jadavion Clowney destroyed anyone who blocked them. Joe Staley, Mike McGlinchey didn't matter. It didn't matter. He dominated. And that was one guy. 
They only really have the one guy. Ziggy Ansah got benched on Monday. Green Bay has two guys. And really, they have three because Kenny Clark, the last two weeks, has played by pro football focus grades two of his three best games of the season. He is finally getting healthy, and he is playing like the guy we thought we would see starting at the beginning of the year. This is a, the, the Packers match up well against what San Francisco wants to be, even with the, the run defense, Green Bay 25th and run defense DVOA. The 49ers are a great run team, but in a big game, Kyle Shanahan leaned too much on Jimmy G. As has been pointed out elsewhere, a flaw that Kyle Shanahan had in the Super Bowl when he was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons, throwing the ball a little too much, not leaning on a run game that is working. And Jimmy Garoppolo did not acquit himself well in in the biggest game of his career, unequivocally the biggest game of his career. In fact, this was this was a, a stat from Andrew Siciliano. Jimmy Garoppolo was three of eighteen for fifty nine yards and a pick, throwing the ball ten or more yards down the field. The worst of any quarterback this season on such throws. The worst completion percentage. He had a three point eight yard average air yard per completion stat the second worst in a game this season only to Russell Wilson in the game that they played by the way which says some things about the San Francisco defense and their tackling because they were still able to move the ball in overtime Jimmy Garoppolo one of five for seven yards with at least two interceptions that should have been dropped I mean he the, the every single Seattle linebacker who played in the game dropped a pick and you know if you're the Green Bay Packers you cannot let those opportunities go by. You cannot be Jair Alexander in the closing minutes and let one of those passes slip through your hands. Now, Jair is not used to playing in the cold and the snow, and so if we want to make excuses for him, there are plenty of excuses to make. You can't drop these picks because you're going to get opportunities. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to give you opportunities. His interception numbers are way higher than you would want for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. And we're going to find out pretty soon if this San Francisco team is for real. Because their schedule has not been good. It has not been good at all. On the other hand, Green Bay's defense has faced the number one offensive schedule in the league by DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. The number one schedule. I think they match up better with this 49ers team than a lot of Packer fans think. And I think this defensive front is going to be able to get after San Francisco. But more to the point here. The number one seed is up for grabs. If Green Bay goes to San Francisco off a bye week and beats the 49ers, they will be sitting in prime position to get the top seed. Now, they'll be 9-2 and two in that scenario. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Seahawks. They have to beat the Eagles. If the Eagles beat, so the, the Eagles have been flexed out. Eagles-Seahawks is now a noon game. And if the Eagles win that game, and it'll be a what? It'll be a ten a ten o'clock body clock game for them because it's in Philadelphia. Green Bay will be the number one seed. There are a lot of of the the advanced analytics that that have Green Bay in great position to get that number one seed. They're now the favorite via five thirty eight to be the number one seed in part because this 49er schedule is brutal. It is brutal down the stretch. And it is the case that Green Bay could be in a position where they beat San Francisco, you know, in two weeks. And then they need the 49ers to beat the Seahawks in Seattle in week 17 to avoid Seattle claiming 
the number one seed. Now, that is a, a particularly unlikely scenario. It would involve a lot of different factors. I mentioned this on Twitter. If both teams win out, Seattle would technically get the advantage because they would they would have the shared opponent's tiebreaker. They would have beaten the Eagles. Green Bay would have lost to the Eagles. And so Seattle would get the number one seed. Now, that would involve both teams going 14-2. and two. That seems pert near impossible at this point. Given, I mean, if you thought Green Bay's defense was bad, Seattle, Seattle's defense, they're not good at stopping the run. They're not good at stopping the pass. You know, they're in the 20s in both of those categories by DVOA. So I don't see them playing good enough defense the rest of the season. But maybe Russell Wilson just doesn't matter. He's just that good. He's the MVP. And they just keep winning games. We'll see. Green Bay now, though, has the opportunity to control its destiny. And they're not in full control again because tiebreakers are weird. But if they keep winning... I think this is going to work itself out because Seattle's schedule is difficult. The 49ers schedule is difficult. The Saints dropped a weird game and and did not look impressive last week. So we'll see what happens there. Alvin Kamara's been banged up. They rely heavily on Michael Thomas. All of a sudden, these things are, are lining up for Green Bay in ways that I don't think a lot of people thought would happen. And their toughest game of the year, which is coming up in two weeks, they get to play off a of bye week. Yes, they've had some luck winning some of these close games, but they've been unlucky with the schedule, one of the toughest schedules overall by DVOA and the toughest offensive schedule faced by DVOA. Getting to play the 49ers in this context is a big advantage, and it is something that if they take advantage of, they will more or less control their destiny in the NFC. And if you're having issues controlling your own destiny in the bedroom, BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew brings you the first jewel with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. BlueChew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and BlueChew prepares and ships direct so that makes them cheaper than going to the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Today's episode is also brought to you by DoorDash. Was it a long day at work? A tough day at school? Are you still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurant come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Doesn't matter. Sweatpants, sitting on your couch. You could be in bed. DoorDash will deliver to you in bed. Well, you got to get out of bed to answer the door. But I bet if you if you left the key under the mat and in the comments said, just use it and, and here's your tip, they would come right to your bed. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could do it. I bet you could do it. Not only is your favorite pizza joint on DoorDash or your favorite local restaurant, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states in Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants, Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get up $5 off their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app 
and enter promo code locked on. All right, so let's get to Billy Turner, our conversation with him. This is the second half of our conversation that we started. I believe it was two weeks ago. Uh, Billy is is a fascinating person to talk to, and and I got so much good feedback about hearing from people who who loved hearing from Billy. And so I think you're going to like this conversation as well. A little less about football, but I think that makes it more appropriate for the bye week. It's it's great insight into who Billy is as a person, what he's passionate about, and how he views his passions. So let's get to part two of my conversation with Billy Turner. First of all, I have to ask if the the I think it was a hoodie David Bakhtiari wore on the plane you made for him. Yeah, so... Uh... Dave, obviously, another offensive lineman on the team. And the way that whole situation kind of uh, happened was earlier, it must have been this offseason, right after I signed there, I uh, obviously I have a lot of clothing and I'm into fashion, but a lot of the clothes that I have are different pieces that I've made or customized myself. So a lot of the clothes that I was wearing – I kind of just packed a suitcase full of stuff, and I was staying in a hotel during the off-season program out here. So a lot of the stuff that I had packed with me, you know, was different sweatsuits and different things like that that I had customized. And him and some of the other guys just had continually, continuously saw me wearing different clothing, and then they started asking me where I was getting it, and I said I was making it. And so he uh, – he asked me if I could make him some stuff to wear to away games during the season. So about a month and a half or however long later, I had ordered some clothes and did some customized stuff to him, you know, so on and so forth. But yeah, he, uh, he's been wearing some of my stuff. I, I just, I, I, I guess I, I never expected David Bakhtiari to have a sweatshirt with yeet on it. Yeet. I know, right? Yeah, Yeet is a uh, – I've been saying Yeet since I saw the little dance craze come out, you know, five or six years ago, however long it was. And I think it was uh, Corey Lindsley, our center, my coach in an offensive line meeting, asked me a question. I don't even remember what it was, but my response was Yeet. And Corey turned around and goes, yo, did you just say Yeet? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, Dude, that's awesome. And then obviously it just kind of – me and Corey just continuously kept saying it, and then our coach started asking what it meant and where it came from. And then, honestly, next thing you know, the entire team has been saying it, and they made us T-shirts that were in our lockers, I think, last week or the week before that that had Yeet on them. So, yeah, it's kind and of taken off a little. Nathaniel Hackett wore it to his press conference. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So how did you get – how did you get or first realize that you were interested in, you know, the, the art and the fashion part of this? Cause I, I can't imagine you just woke up one day and said, I'm going to start making clothes. No, I mean, I've always, uh, I've always been into art and, you know, from an early age, but the thing that has always interest that has always kind of sparked something in my mind with art was that art can be, made in so many different forms you know you can be an actor you can be a singer you can be making you know actual paintings you can make clothing you can make sculptures art you know i mean it's there's so many different forms of art and that's kind of what started to 
piqued my interest. And, you know, from an early age, whether I was in elementary school, middle school, high school, I was always trying to be in an art class so I could just let my imagination take over and literally do whatever, whether we were making sculptures, whether we were painting something, it didn't really matter. It was just the concept of taking something that someone either gave you or something that you liked and coming up with your own kind of vision and your own kind of, you know, idea and conceptualization of what you wanted that object or that word to be. So honestly, just as I just continued to progress forward in football and just in life, I took a liking to fashion. I took a liking to clothes and it just kind of developed into me making my own clothes because I would see certain things and certain styles that I liked, but obviously being, you know, six foot six, 300 pounds, there's not a lot of options that come in your size. It's a lot better today than it was five, six, seven, ten 10 years ago, you know, but when you wear a size 15 shoe and, you know, you're a bigger person, bigger than the average person. It's hard to find stuff, you know, that you may like in your size. So the stuff that you have to pick from is very small. But like I said, over the past couple of years, it's gotten better. So that's kind of where, you know, a lot of the ideas started to take place and started to formulate was, you know, me trying to come up with things that I could not find in my size. And then as it just has kind of progressed forward, I've just kind of developed more of a liking and more of a love for the actual fashion industry. Yeah, you mentioned your size, and I think a lot of people uh, would look at you, and and you're an offensive lineman. You play the part of the game that is the most purely physical, and yet you are so into this uh, art that is much more esoteric. It's much more conceptual. It, it, have you have you thought about sort of the the dissonance there of of the position you play with this interest that you have on the side? Yeah, I mean it's a. Uh it's different. It's not, it's not the norm by any means in my position group uh, across, you know, the country and in the NFL. But I mean, you know what, to each their own. What I'm interested in is definitely not something that a lot of other people in my position group, even in my whole line room may be interested in. But, you know, something that everyone's always asked me from an early age, from high school to college and now in the NFL is, how do you go out onto the field and just flip that switch? How do you play such a physical game and such a, a physically dominated position and then you're off the field and it's like you're a completely different person. You're very nice. You're very fun. You're a very positive, loving person, so on and so forth. I'm like, you know, you kind of develop that. And I developed that from an early age. I have, you know, older siblings, my father who played the game and, that was just something that I just kind of learned. When I step onto the football field, you know what, I'm a different person. I flip the switch and I'm very serious. I'm very physical and I'm trying to do whatever it takes for me to help my team win that football game. And, you know, you step off the field, you flip the switch and, you know, I don't want to say it's back to normal life, but you know what, everyone has different interests and so on and so forth. And mine honestly just happens to be, I like art, I like fashion and I like helping and giving back. Yeah. One of the things that has been pointed out a number of times, whether it's in reported pieces or, or hearing from players, is the vibe in the locker room, the camaraderie and, and the feeling of togetherness that is in the locker room. When you have a guy like David Bakhtiari, a two-time All-Pro and someone who is you know visible in the locker room, 
before you're even really a part of this team come to you and say, hey, uh, can can I get some of that? I mean, what does that affirmation for you with your art mean as a teammate? Uh, I mean, it, it shows it shows love and it shows camaraderie, like you just said. It shows respect and it brings a different element into the locker room that is honestly hard to come by in a lot of professional teams. So when you have guys in the locker room that are literally out there playing for the guy to, you know, their left, the right, in front and behind them, it brings a different element. So, you know, for him to come up to me and to show that respect and to show that, <laughs> excuse me, just that positivity and that love and just wanting to be able to wear something that I'm making because either one, he likes it or one, he just wants to support me in whatever I'm doing. That showed a lot to me and it honestly it welcomed me into that room, not only just from him, but from the other guys. And it was, uh, I mean, honestly, when you, in the NFL and even in any other line of work, if you get a new job and you're showing up to a new office building, you know, et cetera, wherever, and you're the new guy, you know, it's a little different. You have butterflies. You know, you, you got to kind of figure out how everybody moves and kind of how everyone works in their element and whatnot you can't just really show up and be this big super dominant whatever type of person you know what i mean and if you're going to take that route i don't necessarily think you're going to be successful in that so you know what i showed up and they just welcomed me with open arms so having dave kind of reach out and you know take a liking to not only my clothing but my personality as a whole it really just kind of welcomed me into that offensive line room we're going to get back to Billy in just a second, but before we do, I want to talk to you about Away. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. 
And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, back to Billy. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about um, this this project that you're working on uh, with the kids and the and the jackets that are eventually going to be gifts for your teammates. Yeah, so um, it's probably about a month ago. I have a uh, a friend of mine. His name is Chad Johnson. He is from uh, the Miami area, but he uh, he makes a lot of custom suits and a lot of custom clothing and whatnot for a lot of uh, different professional athletes and different influencers and so on. So I got hooked up with him when I was playing down in Miami a couple years ago. And uh, kind of since then, he's been making me a lot of different suits and things that I can wear on game day. So I basically just called him up and I had an idea. And we came up, I basically had the concept of what I wanted this coat or this jacket to look like and i don't know how to sew that's that's one of the off-season goals for me (laughs) to figure out how to sew but you know i came up with this idea and this concept and basically explained it to him and he's essentially going to bring it to life so the idea is i took all of my teammates all of the staff so the equipment staff the training staff and the uh um the strength and conditioning coaches and I have a friend from back in Minnesota who is an art teacher at a local elementary school. And I wanted to figure out a way to incorporate giving back and bringing uh, a kid's idea and a kid's vision basically to, uh, to the professional football level. And the idea was to give these kids basically three, four words. So I basically sent her a message and I'm like, the words that I would like to use are peace, love, um, inclusion and equality. So she basically is going to give these kids these words. Um, we got a bunch of denim and we cut the denim into like a piece of paper size, basically cut out. And they're, she's going to give it to the kids and they're basically going to have a free draw slash free painting session. And whatever comes to their mind with those four words is what they're going to put on to these pieces of denim. And we're going to take the denim and we're going to sew them onto the back of, it's a safari-style jacket, basically. So he came out and measured everyone, but we're going to take the denim and we're going to sew it onto the back of these jackets. And then we're going to take a uh, an embroidery-style fabric or embroidery-style um, thread that's going to be thick. And that's what we're going to use to kind of sew or crochet these pieces of denim onto the back of these jackets. And then I let everyone basically pick their favorite color that they would want their jacket to be in. There's going to be a bunch of different colors. So there's going to be a, you know, a a decent contrast of colors and different elements to this jacket. But basically we're taking these kids drawings and we're putting them onto the back of these coats and these sweatshirts. And for every design that these kids come up with for each player. So there's about 70 players I'm planning on donating between five to ten uh, jackets to different um, different 
local, either in Wisconsin and Minnesota, the Milwaukee, Chicago area, kind of this Midwest region. I'm planning on donating jackets to different uh, child's programs so on and so forth. So we're still up in there figuring out exactly where we're going to donate them or if we're going to just do a full-on kind of coat drive for the winter season. But that was the idea and basically what is starting to come to light. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – honestly, it was just an idea I came up with sitting on the couch one night and I just kind of called Chad, explained it to him, and the next thing you know – the next week, everything was kind of falling into place, and Chad was out here measuring people. Uh, that that's great. I can't wait to I can't wait to see the final product. And and uh, now that it's already snowed in Green Bay, people need coats. Hundred um, <laughs> percent. All right. I want to thank Billy again for joining the show. Uh, he is settling into his role in this Packers offensive line, and and as we're going to talk about tomorrow, an offensive line that is really playing well especially uh, in the run game, but I think also protecting Aaron Rodgers. I know there have been some leaks on the edges, but the interior has really been solid. Elton Jenkins is a pro bowler. Corey Lindsley should be a pro bowler. What will be weird is David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga will both end up making it, and they shouldn't, or at least they shouldn't make it over Elton Jenkins and Corey Lindsley because those guys have really been better. Uh, Bulaga has been awesome. I don't want to. I don't want to downgrade what he's done. Bakhtiari has been a little bit inconsistent, but we're going to get to our self scout tomorrow. I've already started breaking down the film, and and look, I, I I do this every week with Green Bay. I watch and rewatch and watch again and watch the coaches tape and all of that. But I, I broke them down the way that I would a Packers opponent. So I I went back and I looked at you know the the different statistics that I think are important and and stuff that I look at when I'm trying to bring you guys. You know the scouting report for a, a given week as I go through opponent Wednesday and, and watch these opponents to try and get a feel for what's going to happen on the field, how they're going to attack Green Bay. I want to try and go through a process sim- somewhat similar at least to what Green Bay is doing in their rooms with the offense looking at the defensive tape and the defense looking at the offensive tape and say, okay, what are you guys doing? Here's how we would attack you. Here's how I think you can get better. And I, I think these are really crucial weeks to 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 help these teams grow and 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 someone as detail oriented as Matt LaFleur someone who puts together game plans as effectively as Matt LaFleur does I think this could be a huge week for this defense for them to say okay here's here's what teams are going to want to do against us here is how Matt LaFleur would attack us and so these are the ways that that we need to get better I mean I think that that is just such valuable learning experience every year for these for these coaches I I and I think it could really benefit this team, particularly the way that they are constructed. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow with that self-scout. And then that'll be the last show of the week. No Friday Periscope show, giving you the day off, uh, giving you that that extra bi-week day. And then we'll be back next week doing all the 49ers prep that we can for. What is the Packers' biggest game of the season? It's probably the biggest game that they've played in two or three years. Just given you know the, this late in the season, the playoff implications games that they really haven't been in certainly weren't weren't in them in 2018 we're not really in them in 2017 so i mean i think and there are a lot of players on this team that have not been in games of that magnitude so you know we're gonna we're gonna see how they respond it's gonna be fascinating to watch and frankly i can't wait so follow me on twitter at peter underscore bukowski you can follow the podcast on twitter at locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe anywhere you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and anytime 
you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.